I love how Russia's best defense is its natural existence. <laughs> right, everyone's like, oh no, we have to build walls and traps and barricades and palisades and like we're going to make large fences out of sharp sticks so horses can't run through this lane and Russia's just like, yeah, we're going to exist here. Come at me, bro. <laughs> it's not ya, yeah, it's da. Da. I'm sorry, I have spent far too long in the other fatherland. Hi everyone, I'm Faith. I'm Lewis. And welcome back to Deck of Crotchety Things. Uh, this week, Lewis is very tired. And he will Yay. continue to be very tired going forward because I am an asshole and I am making him wake up at two in the morning so we can record so that I'm completely undisturbed by my offspring. Sorry. Time zones are fun. Yeah, I fucking hate time zones. But I really appreciate you doing this. It, it means a lot. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, been, I've, I've, had, I've had a sleep. I went to sleep straight after work, and I've had at least six to eight hours. Yeah, but 2 a.m. 2 a.m. is an ungodly hour. And again, I super appreciate it, because I've I've been where you are, except without the sleeping right after work. <laughs> but thank God for coffee, right? Or a brown morning yeah. potion? I, I have hot brown morning potion. Hot damn. It is hot. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Though it is concentrated. It is not brown. It is completely jet black. Is that coffee or is that like some kind of old god ichor that you're drinking? I was tempted to put an extra spoonful of instant in there. Mm. Get more coffee in your coffee. <laughs> but until the coffee cools down to the point that I can drink it, I'm drinking... An iron brew. It's a good thing you're Wait. a dwarf. Sorry? So it's a good thing you're a dwarf. Yeah. Um, it's the national drink of Scotland. And um, it's a lot of energy for a non-energy drink. As long as you're not drinking bang. Apparently one of our friends drank that. It did not end well for him. We don't have that here, or I don't know of it. Mm, okay. Well, just... I didn't know right. of it until until that whole situation with Mog came up, but uh, yeah. What I do know is that Coca-Cola is the number one selling soft drink in every country in the world, except for Scotland. What's the number one selling soft drink in Scotland? I am brew. Oh, that makes sense. You just said that. I'm a fucking yeah. idiot. Good faith. I know it's <laughs> three in the morning over there. Wait. <laughs> it's not. It's actually like 8.51 p.m. <laughs> but in my defense, Raymond's sprouting molars, and those are extra painful. Oh, no. Yeah. It's been a rough week. Anyway, let's, let's stop misering, commiserating. Yeah, 
commiserating. Yeah, let's let's stop commiserating over uh, lack of sleep on on either side of the pond here and uh, talk some D and D. I I I dot V. Uh, what is it? Zero zero one one edition. Is that the binary for three? I I don't know what I don't know what the binary for three is to be honest. I just know that the binary for four, when you count it on your fingers, is flipping the bird. Then yes, zero zero one one is third edition. <laughs> okay, that works out then. Um, so. Uh, this week, we are going to talk about uh, another class that I have, like, I've heard of, but know absolutely nothing about. And we're going to do what we did with the Warlock class, which is I read a thing and I give you my hot take on it because that's how I retain information these days. And in keeping with the, uh, uh, the theme here, instead of talking about Warlocks, we're going to talk about War mages. Yes. War mage. War mage. Because you don't have to be a bookish nerd to be a mage. Nope. You can be a jock, too. I, um, I, I'm not going to be very funny. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you I mean, all right now. I'm not going to be very funny. I wasn't expecting you to change, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... War is another one of the expanded class expansion classes, um, alt alternative core classes for third edition that you will find in the complete arcane book along with warlock, and they are indeed a a spellcaster which has a somewhat more combat oriented focus, so they will lose a lot of the battlefield control and whatnot spells that the, the wizards and sorcerers can normally use. But they are very good at doing combat stuff. So the book reads that some spellcasters care only for one thing, war. They dream of steel and mighty blasts of devastating magic, the march of troops, and the unleashed destruction found on battlefields everywhere. Graduates of special arcane war colleges, those known as war majors, are drilled only and utterly in the casting of spells most useful for laying down destruction, confusion and confusing an enemy, or screening an allied action. The utilitarian spells used by wizards and sorcerers have little importance to War Mage's way of thinking. What are support casters for, after all? A War Mage cares only for success on the battlefield, or, in some cases, in the series of smaller campaigns favoured by adventuring companies. So that... Actually, is just pretty much what I was saying. You know, it feels very heavily like the uh, the Elder Scrolls series just lifted their concept of battle mage from that first paragraph. Lord. I'm just um, saying, like, I'm I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because, like, if and this is we're already off to a tangent, or yet yeah, another tangent, but if. Like, I'm recalling, you know, some of the in-game lore books that I've read from various Elder Scrolls games, most notably Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. And, like, this, you know, just reading that first paragraph, I'm like, oh, that's what battle mages, 
Yeah, like that. Like it's 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 exactly what they describe as like mm. uh, screening, screening allied movements, uh, pinpointing a particular foe, and just you know wreaking havoc or casting illusions to confuse them. You know, it's. I kind of feel like Elder Scrolls just kind of stopped reading at that, reading at that first paragraph. Well, it's a, it's an inspiring paragraph. It is. Um, the the reason that you would want to be a war mage is pretty much raw DPS. Yeah, they're still a bit squishy, but they have spells to boost their damage potential. Um, they will out damage a lot of things, and then when they run out of spells which they probably won't, to be perfectly honest. They are still fairly competent in battle. Um, they do still have the, the base attack bonus of a wizard or a sorcerer, so they're not really good at hitting things with the martial weapons or the simple weapons or the anything that isn't a spell, really. But um, you can cast spells on armor. You can throw spells from the front lines. They have some sudden abilities, which is that they can suddenly, instantaneously, and without having pre-planning or prerequisites, empower, enlarge, or maximize, or even widen a spell they're casting um, on a whim a limited number of times a day, which is kind of scary. Basically, what it means is that um, level 20, a war mage can cast a fireball doing 10d6 fire damage and say no i rolled six on all the dice jesus and that's it you just do 60 fire damage i'm sorry i have to make the obvious penis joke here oh god faith <laughs> i'm sorry the sun's down what do you expect professionalism goes out the window when the sun goes down I mean, yeah, all sudden right. enlarge at 10th level, sudden widen. I mean, come on. Come on. How is that? You know, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's in the gutter. What can I say? <laughs> um, so there's no particular, because it's a core class, there's no prerequisites for it. Uh, you don't have to be a particular alignment, though I personally believe that they would more lean towards lawful because of the regimenter's nature of the military. However, the book does say all is is valid. And well, let's let's get into them. Um, if we jump over to game rule information, we'll discover that they are in fact a charisma caster, and this manifests in a rather obvious way because they are basically a sorcerer in a metal coat. Which is pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, they cast the same number of spells per day as a sorcerer. Charisma determines how powerful a spell a war mage can cast, how many spells a war mage can cast, and how hard those spells are to resist. However, a war mage also needs intelligence. 
a War Mage's intelligence bonus is added to damage dealt by spells through his War Mage Edge ability, which is a fun name. And like a Sorcerer Wizard, they benefit from having a high dex and con scores. So you don't need to focus on intelligence. It's just a nice little bonus and we get to it. So it's better to be smart and suave than just suave. I personally think that because of the way how skill points work in 3rd edition, it is detrimental to everyone around you if you have a lower than necessary intelligence. Absolutely. Being stupid is uh, it's just painful to everyone around you. Just don't do it. We've all used Discord. <laughs> Unfortunately. We're, we're using it right now. <laughs> um... Discord's not that bad. No, it really honest. isn't. Um, but yeah, um, so where a normal sorcerer would have 1d4 hit dice, the War Mage does get a d6, which is pretty cool. But it's the same number as for rogues um, and warlocks, if I remember correctly. Right. I can't remember who else has a d6 now. I think nobody, because it's actually a really small dice. Yes. Um, quick tangent. I see an awful lot of memes from the 5th edition circle where the wizard dies of 1d4 insert random damage type here. Like um, the wizard's eating a sandwich and he dies of 1d4 salmonella poisoning. Poison, poison would do more than 1d4. I'm just saying. It probably would, but is, is the d4 I'm focused on here because... In 5th edition, they have a d6 hit die, and I just don't understand that that interaction of the joke. I think maybe they're trying they to make fun more, of 3, yeah. 3e and 3.5, because, uh, you know, they had the d4. I don't know. I, I see it quite often in... Um, most often in one-shot questers, and I don't, I don't think he's bullying third edition i think he's a very funny guy if i'm perfectly honest i, I think his stuff's pretty good oh <laughs> um, yeah so that was that was my tangent and a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a, um, a swoon as well <laughs> oh no lewis is swooning i have swan <laughs> <laughs> you were swooning all over the place here <laughs> Uh, how, how about, how about um, Faith puts some classy skills back into this? <laughs> classy skills? What skills? What? Maybe we should both take the first skill on his list. Okay, fine. Alright, so the War Mage's class skills are uh, concentration. Which we don't have. No, no, we really don't. Craft, intimidate, uh, knowledge arcana, knowledge history... Profession and spellcraft, which so, actually kind of surprises me that uh, he doesn't have use magic device. Um, he doesn't need to. I guess I guess really the only class that really needs to is warlock. Well, and maybe wizard. No, no. Um, I don't think wizards have it either because they're they're full casters. They don't. Oh yeah, that's right. 
Um, Man, we really need to listen to this Deck of Crotchety Things podcast. They talk about wizards. They they do. I mean, we can <laughs> definitely do an episode where like we're probably we're absolutely overdue um, discussing a obnoxiously in-depth rule discussion. Oh yeah, we which I look forward to because crunch. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, the use magic device thing is good for rogues. And the skill basically lets you whisper in, some, in, in an item's ear or whatever passes for an item's ear and say, I'm not a rogue. I'm actually a level five necromancer elf of neutral alignment. Please shoot fireballs for me. I don't know if you've seen Avatar The Last Airbender, but it's like that part where Azula lies to... Uh... To the blind girl, and the blind girl's like, "Oh shit, yeah, no, that she's she's really good at lying." Toph. Yes, I love Toph. Toph is boss. Oh yes. Uh, so the the, the first metal bender. And the first metal bender that we know of, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, back on topic here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really did love Toph, but. Um, loves the episodes when they were flying and or in the desert, oh, God, where she yes. was just having a freak out because she physically couldn't see anything, were adorable. Yeah. Um, I think my, I think probably was... my favorite Toph joke is the one where she's like, "Oh, there it is," and everyone yeah. like everyone's like super How excited, and, and then she's like, "Yeah, that's what you guys are gonna sound like when you actually see it." <laughs> <laughs> They were all so pissed off at her. It was great. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it was a good series. I, I watched that really late in life. I missed it as a child. I only watched it like two or three years ago, and it was just absolutely perfect. So it's good even without the nostalgia. Yes. Uh, the nostalgia and kid vision. Yes. I've seen a lot of a lot of things recently that I had seen with my nostalgic kid vision and they did not hold up. Um, and this did. This this is a great show. Yes. But so they have the concentration skill. Yeah. Um which we have totally been rolling ones on for like the last five minutes. We just have no ranks. <laughs> and we're also rolling ones. So yeah, those those skills are mostly int skills. Craft, knowledge, and spellcraft are all int-based, so that's four skills, because they've got craft, and then you can choose whatever craft type you want, like arrow making, armor smithing, alchemy, um, and each one's a different skill. It's only one skill point per rank to up it, so you can do some interesting stuff. Like, you can make your own like acid flasks, because you have access to acid spells, you'll be able to mix that into effectively a small potion, but it's not a magical thing, nor is the acid, to be fair, because you magically create mundane acid, which is why acid spells are really good, because they're conjuration spells, and I'm getting into a bit of a nitty-gritty here. That's okay, yeah, because... You can make little vials of acid that you can lob into someone's face, Specifically dragons, because dragons are not immune to it. Um, some are. Oh, well, red dragons aren't. The, the real important thing is that rogues are abusive about it. 
um, because when you hit someone with a flask of acid, you don't need to beat their AC. Yeah, you just need to attack. hit them. Yeah. It's a, so it's touch AC. And the oldest red dragon has a touch AC of two, which means that you need to roll a two on a d20, because a one's an auto fail, to hit it, to make contact with it with this rather feeble, uh, honestly, acid flask. Now, oh. <laughs> it's only going to do... I actually don't know. I think it's a d6 damage. I think it's a d6 damage of acid, which is not really impressive, to be honest. However, because you've made an attack that does damage, you add your sneak attack damage of 10d6 at level 20 on this flask of acid. You know what I just realized? What? Rogues are so sneaky that, that it just snuck into the War Mage podcast. God damn it, rogues! <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, intimidation is another skill that pops up in the fighter skill. Um, and that is a that is the only charisma based skill they have, because they're physically powerful for a mage, right? And they look rather intimidating for a mage, so they might very well want to intimidate someone. Um, but they're all martial and whatnot, so waving a spear at someone's face is always always a good way to get them to shut the fuck up. The original muscle mage here. Yeah. Uh, knowledge Arcana, um, yeah, that was the one where pretty you... Reckless. Pretty pretty uh, typical for mage class. Yeah, that's... Along with history. Yeah, uh, so Arcana, Knowledge Arcana is how you um, understand existing like magical lore or identify dragon races and stuff. Uh, knowledge History is honestly a bit of a surprising entry. Um, well, you gotta you gotta know your history if you're gonna have superior tactics. Yeah, uh, like, that, is, don't a, in, like, that this, is valid. Knowledge history is when Napoleon says don't invade Russia, don't be like Hitler and invade Russia in the winter. Um, he didn't pay attention to history trying, and he got his ass I'm kicked. I'm trying to remember. I think there was someone before Napoleon who tried it and it failed equally as bad. I love how Russia's best defense is its natural existence. <laughs> right, everyone's like, oh no, we have to build walls and traps and barricades and palisades and like we're going to make large fences out of sharp sticks so horses can't run through this lane and Russia's just like, yeah, we're going to exist here. Come at me, bro. <laughs> it's not ya, it's da. Da. Sorry, I have spent far too long in the other fatherland. <laughs> oh, God. So, you are very knowledgeable about your histories. <laughs> in addition to this, you also have profession, which is a very common skill to have, and spellcraft. This is another intelligence-based skill that allows you to do shenanigans with your magic. Very recently, we had a... <laughs> Friend of mine ran a um, very short mini campaign, which was mostly underwater, 
And if you try to cast a fire spell underwater, you have to pass a spellcraft check because it's hard to make fire underwater. Not impossible because it is magic, but it is hard. <laughs> and that just makes me think of the episode of Futurama where uh, Fry falls in love with a mermaid. At, at some point in the episode, Zoidberg had found this seashell or a hermit crab shell, and he's like, oh, look, it's a house. And like by the end of the episode, he's like, oh, I'm going to live under the sea, and his his hermit crab shell is completely charred and ashed and wrecked. He's like, oh, no, my house burned down. And it's like, well, that just raises questions. Then Bender walks up, picks up his cigar. Oh, that's where I left it. And he just starts smoking it. And that just raises further questions. <laughs> so clearly... Uh, I remember that. that was with the Lost City of Atlanta. Yes. Yes, that's one of my favorite know, I... episodes. I don't have a non-favorite episode of Futurama, to be honest. I know. The first five seasons... Like, the first five seasons were gold. Goddamn and... tangent. I know. We're... Well, you know, it wouldn't be Deck of Crotchety Things if there weren't tangents. No. And that's we... why the meme exists. Also because I made it. The Deck of Tangenty Things. <laughs> oh, crap. So yes, skill points-wise, they get a very humble, common 2 plus intelligence modifier. Um, times 4 at level 1, like everyone else. And then just, again each level thereafter. You don't need to have a huge intelligence bonus, but, you know, you will soon see that having an intelligence of 14 or even 16 is desirable. Faith, do you want to have a have a little bit of a, wee, a reedy read? Yeah, sure. Give me one second. The baby woke up and I'm just putting him back down. There you go, bud. There you go, spud bud. Little sweet potato. Aww. He's a little sweet potato. He's my sweet potato baby. So let's see here, the class features. Weapon and armor proficiency. The War Mage is proficient with all simple weapons, light armor and light shields. At eighth level, War Mages gain proficiency with medium armor and armored mage. Armor of any type will interfere with an arcane spellcaster's gestures. So, you know, the somatic components, which can cause the spells to fail. And there's, always arcane spell failure percentage, especially when there's... You know, the heavier the armor gets, the higher the spell failure chance. Yep. War Mage's limited focus and specialized training, however, allows him to avoid arcane spell failure as long as he sticks to light armor and light shields. And this training does not extend to medium or heavier, heavier armors, nor to heavy shields. Nor does this ability apply to the spells gained from a different spellcasting class. So while mages can, you know, wizards and sorcerers, you know, they typically wear next to no armor, a war mage can actually put on something heavier than a burlap sack and not worry about his spells fritzing on him and shooting him in the face. Yep. Which is nice. So nice. So that means at 8th level, the War Mage can learn to use medium armor with no chance of arcane spell failure, which is, that's fantastic. So they're a lot less, I won't, well, I mean, they are still squishy, but I would say they're definitely a lot less squishy than their 
more uh, nerdy counterparts. Spells. War mages cast arcane spells, the same types of spells available to sorcerers and wizards. Uh, and they are drawn from a particular spell list. He can cast any spell he knows without preparing it ahead of time. He's a lot like a sorcerer in that regard. He doesn't have to prepare it. He just knows it. Uh, when a war mage gains access to a new level of spells, he automatically knows all the spells for that level listed in the war mage spell list. So uh, his spell list is the same as his spells known list. War mages also have the option of adding to their existing spell list through their advanced learning ability as they increase in level. So that means at 3rd, 6th, 11th, and 16th level, a war mage can add a new spell to his list, representing the result of personal study and or experimentation. The spell must be a wizard spell of the evocation school and of a level no higher than that of the highest level spell the war mage already knows. Once the new spell is selected, it is forever added to that War Mage's spell list, and he can cast it just like any other spell he has. Um, yep. War Mage Edge, we, I think we already talked about. Very briefly, we didn't really... Okay, so I'll go into the more nitty-gritty part then. Uh, um, before you do... Um, yeah. So it does sound like the Armored Mage has an unrivaled level of power, given that he can spontaneously cast any spell from his entire spell list through the spell slots he has. But his spell list is tiny. It is very small and very much mostly just varying types of damage. I mean, it's like the Warlock. You do one thing and you do it real good. Yeah. So in this tall versus wide sort of ratio that we're building at the moment, the, the War Mage sits between Sorcerer and Warlock. Yeah, I was going to say, I made him sound way... I made his spell list sound way more impressive than it really is. It, 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 a whole spell list sounds like a whole spell list. It's fairly, fairly unique how not broad it is. The Assassin Prestige class has the smallest list as far as I know. Offhand. <laughs> it's got like 20 spells. I mean... Kind of ridiculous. Wait, so, wait. Assassin uh, Prestige class has a spell list of 20? I will now look it up because I'm now super unconfident. Because I was going to say, the Warlock only has 12 hexes. True. That's tiny. But they have a reasonably large pool to select from. Yeah, but that doesn't... Well, I guess that's true. I mean, what are we considering the spell list? Is it the spell that they can... Is it the list that they can pick from? Or... The, the list they can pick from. Okay. Then, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Also, I totally lied. I've only looked at first level and second level assassin spells, and they've got 18. Okay. Well, you didn't lie so much as you misremembered. They have, yeah, they have 32 options on their spells. Ah. Okay. But still, that's not very much. No. <laughs> that's like a grocery list for me. Come on. <laughs> so Edge. Yes. That's a, that's a web browser, you know. And also the system. Sorry, I I'm, a bit, I'm a bit slow. Network. What's that? Sorry, what? Sorry, I'm a bit slow. What's that? Uh, Edge. Microsoft Edge. 
you know, it's a, it's an internet browser. Land. Waiting for it to land. It's being famous for being. It's an internet browser. Yeah, but it's slow. No, that's Explorer. Explorers oh. are always slow. Well, then I'm I... slow. Yes. It's 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> I'm allowed to say stupid things. I know. I'm not, I am not, like, <laughs> I am stupid not things like that. Stupid things like, are boring. Chocolate teapots are valid. <laughs> Um, mumble rap is a good music genre. <laughs> I don't actually have anything against mumble rap. I, I, I didn't have a third thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mumble rappers. I just don't care. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay, I need to get professional again. Professional. Ah, okay. You um, should definitely get more prof profiteroles. Yes. I'm trying to remember what a profiterole is. I remember it being fantastic, though. Crap, I gotta look up profiterole real quick. It's gonna bother me if I don't. <laughs> I remember playing uh, Viva Pinata as a child. Oh my god, um, yes. That's and... what profiteroles are. They're cream puffs. Yes. Um, and in Viva Pinata, there is a mole called the profitamole. Oh, I love based it. Based on a profiterole. And it was one of the more uh, financially beneficial creatures to have. Well, I should hope so. It's got the word, it's got the word profit right in its name. And mole. Yeah, profit or mole. Clever. Yes. It's a game on Steam. Okay, tangent over. <laughs> a war mage just specialized in dealing damage with his spells. Uh, whenever a war mage casts a spell that deals uh, hit point damage, he adds his intelligence bonus, if any, which we should hope you have, uh, to the amount of damage dealt. For instance, first level war mage with 17 intelligent casts magic missile. He deals 1d4.1 points of damage normally, plus an extra 3 points of damage due to his intelligence bonus. The bonus from the war mage edge special ability applies only to spells that he casts as a war mage, not to those he might have by virtue of having levels in another class so if he had levels in cleric and he cast inflict minor wounds this would not apply uh, a single spell can never gain it, this extra damage more than once per casting for instance a fireball does the extra damage to all creatures in the area it affects however if a third level war mage casts magic missile and produces two missiles only one of them of the War Mage's choice gains the extra damage, even if both missiles are directed at the same target. If a spell deals damage for more than one round, it deals extra damage in each round. Scrolls scribed by the War Mage do not gain any benefit from the, from the War Mage Edge. Uh, scrolls activated by a War Mage also gain no benefit from War Mage Edge. The same is true for most other magic items, as such as wands and potions. However, staffs activated by a War Mage use not only the War Mage's caster level, but also gain the benefits of War Mage Edge, if applicable. So I would imagine the reason staves get the edge, essentially, if it's applicable, is it because staves are more complicated to use than wands and require higher intelligence? Um, it's because the the mechanics behind staffs is very different to normal stuff. For wands and the like, everything's preset inside. So it doesn't matter what your level is, it doesn't matter what your intelligence is, it doesn't matter what your charisma is. 
that wand has a was made by a fifth level caster. It's casting a third level spell, and it has a DC of fourteen. Period. There's no movement in in space around that. Same with scrolls. It was a first level spell written by a first level caster. You're level twenty, and you use the first level scroll of and you use the scroll of cure wounds. It's only one d eight plus one because it's level one. It's literally rules as written, everybody, when it comes to scrolls. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Staffs, however, they allow you to use parts of your character to do stuff. Um, <laughs> oh god, Faith, stop it! <laughs> I couldn't help it! <laughs> but you know what, listeners? I don't actually know what these things are that set her off. I just know she's set off by the chuckles. <laughs> Sorry, you can go on now. Do you not want to make a willy joke? I don't need to. You just did okay. it for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. I'm actually having a lot of fun. I am too. Um, so, to have a look at an example of how Edge would work, yeah, they do say about the magic missile, and I personally would start with as high an intelligence as I can, and then I wouldn't need to have the charisma more than 13 at start, because you really want to have that Edge doing the work as soon as possible. There's There's no point having an intelligence of 12 and then down the line getting a plus 6 intelligence item you want to you want to try and see if you can have that 15 16 straight off the bat i'm not actually sure if they get acid arrow it definitely sounds like a spell they would get but it does a touch attack so again against that dragon i previously mentioned you need to beat an ac of 2 yes they get melf's acid arrow most things have an ac of around about 13 plus challenge rating and this goes up and down quite liberally it's not incredibly hard and fast but touch ac with exception pretty much caps out at not very high which is why touch spells are amazing it's also why spellcasters have terrible bab and it's why i really defend wizards having a terrible bab Always. but the point was acid arrow does 2d4 points of acid damage with no splash, so it just hits that person, does some damage, and it's not an awful lot of damage. It does scale somewhat. For every three caster levels, up to caster level 18th, the damage does the same damage again the next for one more round. So at level four, when he can cast it, or level three as a wizard, it's this round and next round. At level 10, it's when you hit again, again, and again, and you can really stack these up and whatnot. And bear in mind, they can sudden empower. It adds 50% damage. It's basically making it into 3d4 acid damage for several rounds. But for each of those, you get to add your intelligence. Which, if you do it right, like as you suggested, getting the 15-16 early on, just make, make intelligence your primary stat. 
I feel like that makes you a powerhouse pretty early on. I feel like you'd be more of a powerhouse earlier on than a sorcerer for sure, but the same end at the same level. Yes. Which, that's kind of terrifying, because sorcerers are, you know, they're pretty freaking powerful. You're competing with Warlock, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there, there are always trade-offs. Well, yeah. But there's not a huge number of spells that do damage several turns in a row, but it's always nice. It's always nice when you get to do a lot of extra damage for existing. Yes. And then the sudden's abilities. So sudden power, sudden enlarge, sudden widen, sudden maximize. <laughs> you get the this is a bonus feat and if i remember correctly we'll flick to that page in a bit three times a day you can apply the feat referenced without actually having the feat or changing the level of the spell i believe that's how it's done and i believe that's fairly balanced to a degree so here we go sudden power once per day okay once per day you can apply a spell effect so it's not three times a day it's once a day but still, I suppose, yeah. Three that's... times a day would be pretty cool. I don't actually see anything stopping you from combining them. No, I'm pretty sure there's nothing there stopping you from combining them except for a DM house rule. So your 10th level War Mage is going to be doing 26 damage with a fireball, which you can sudden maximize to be just flat 60, which you can sudden empower to be a flat 90 plus your 3 from intelligence. Wait, did you say a 10th level he could do that? No, I didn't say something wrong. <laughs> you can still get these feats whenever. It comes at 20th level as a bonus feat. Should we tackle some of their spell lists and just see what we've got? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we already know that they've got Acid Splash, Acid, or Melf's Acid Arrow, and Acid Fog. So, we're tripping already. Yeah. Oh, wait, they've also got Acid Orb. Yes. So, the Complete Arcane book added in some damage-dealing conjuration spells pretty much exclusively for the war mage though they are available to wizards as well i really don't know how i feel about them to be perfectly honest because i like that conjuration isn't evocation right however they exist valid and they do pretty decent stuff so at first level you will know all of these first level spells and will be able to cast any of them at will for three slots plus any extra slots you get. We have Accuracy, which doubles the weapon's range increment, which lets you shoot bows or throw sticks really far. Burning Hands is a classic, 1d4 fire damage a level. And a Cone, Chill Touch, you do a lot of touches that do d6 cold damage. Basically give everybody the cold shoulder. Basically, and there's a save or get one strength damage, which is reasonable. Another new spell is Fist of Stone, plus six strength and a natural slam attack as you get Hulk a Fist of Stone. Literally Hulk hands. Hail of Stone, Rain of Stone, deals 1d4 level damage. I think that's another new one. Magic Missile. That's a classic. Yep. Key uses are to shoot at the darkness. Yes. Then there's a orb of acid, cold, electricity, and fire, and sound lesser. It's basically elemental orbs. Yes. It's range oh, it's range touch. It's also <gasps> range touch. Um, I love range touch attacks. It's a D8 plus 1D8 for every two levels after first. So first, third, fifth, seventh onwards. And that caps at 5D8, which is reasonable given it's a first level spell. That's actually pretty damn tasty, I think, for a first level spell. Oh, yeah. The exception is 
the Orb of Sound Lesser, which is a D6 damage and does a D6 for every two levels beyond first. And the reason for that is because Sonic Damage does full damage to objects and stuff, whereas Fire, typically, the GM can change this depending on what the object in question actually is. Fire and Electricity do like half damage to an object. If you try to electric, cast an electric spell to break a door, you'd roll your electric damage, and we'll assume that you rolled a 20 damage. We'll call it 30 damage. That's pretty good. That's halved to 15, and then the door will have a hardness of about 10, so you only actually do 5 damage to that door, which is probably not enough. Hardness. Whereas sound does full damage. I believe acid does full damage as well, but I think sound ignores hardness as well. Acid doesn't ignore hardness. And sound also typically does a lot of damage to crystal stuff. Yep. They also have shocking grasp, which is really tasty. It's just character level, D6, electricity damage. And they also have true strike, because why I the flip not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to be on a battlefield, true strike is going to be something really, really handy for either you or your allies to have. Well, it, it only targets you, but it's always good. But still. I mean, it, it's actually one of my favorite spells at this level. Yeah. Other notable spells are Fire Trap, Flame Burst, Flaming Sphere. Flaming Sphere is another one of my personal favorite spells. You spend a standard action to make a little ball of fire. This lasts for one round per level. Does 2d6 points of damage, plus your intelligence because you're a war mage, and it stays there. You can then use a move action in any of your subsequent turns to bounce around the battlefield, causing people to take 2d6 plus your intelligence modifier, damage each time you, you pump, pump them with it. It's really quite fun, and it came up recently, and I was thinking about it, and I can't remember if there was a no, but I think you can have two of them and just juggle them, because it's a standard action to cast the first one, move action to move it. Next turn, standard action to cast the second one, move action to move it. And then the next turn, move action to move the first, and then you can use your standard action into a move action to move the second. So you can just cycle these little, little, little things around. And I mean, you're using two second level spells to do 46 damage in a turn. It's It seems That's pretty reasonable. A... Yeah. yeah. I'm just kind of like perusing some of the other spells. Ring of Blades sounds like hilarious fun. Whoa, 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 whoa. Phantasmal Killer. <gasps> Phantasmal Killer? Yeah. That, that's, that's one of the ones I have a flowchart for. What? <laughs> a very simple flowchart. Well, I'll, we, you can I'll, I'll sl sling it to you, and you can slap it on. Um, on the bird. On on the on the on the bird noise, yeah. Yeah, flip it, flip it on the bird. But basically, it it cannot be more simple. You point at a living creature. It gets to make a will save. If it passes, it realizes that you're throwing an illusion at it, and that's where it ends. If they fail the will save. They realize that the most terrifying thing they've ever seen in their imagination possible is coming right for them, and they have to make a fort save. If they pass this fort save, they take 3d6 points of damage, plus your warlock edge number. If they fail it, they just die. Oh my god. This is, this is the Forbidden Planet spell. The Forbidden Planet spell. Oh my god, have you seen Forbidden Planet? Oh, uh, no. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god. You need to watch Forbidden Planet. It is a 1950s sci-fi movie 
it was the first movie to have a not like an orchestral soundtrack but a synthetic soundtrack so like a synthesized soundtrack okay. and oh my god i i it is so good it is so good it is it is a it's basically sci-fi psychological thriller from the 50s it is top notch i you will need to watch i will it. watch that now <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, yes, uh, flaming sphere. You can juggle these. They're, they're basket. They're, well, they're larger than basketballs. They're five foot diameter spheres, so they fill the whole space, which is surprisingly large. Like that's a lot of sphere. And I have just looked it up. They last for round per level. They're not concentration, so you can keep them up. <laughs> oh God damn it, Faith! Will you stop it? No, you. Leave my hot balls alone. God, I'm getting shafted with your humor today. Someone certainly spared the rod with you, didn't they? Right, let's let's have a look at some other spells, then, shall we? Um, no, what other four? I think we're done here. No, no, let's let's. Oh God. Let's cool off with Code of Cold. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're gonna we're gonna just take some like reasonable. It's non-evocation spell. It's just a conjuration spell. Ever <laughs> black tentacles. This spell conjures a field of rubbery black tentacles, each ten feet long. These waving tentacles forth from the earth, floor, or whatever surfaces underfoot, including water. They <laughs> grasp and entwine out. around creatures that enter the area. Holding them fast and crushing them with great strength. What is it, Faith? You did that on purpose. Did what on purpose? <laughs> started, started talking about freaking Ebert's black tentacles after his stitches. <laughs> did, did, did you get that, listeners? Because I. <laughs> Shall we talk about Mordenkainen's mass, ma magnificent sword? <laughs> I think she might actually be dead. <laughs> I'm not dead. I'm just resting. Shut up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Whale of the Banshee. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay. Fire seeds. <laughs> Fire seeds. That sounds like syphilis. Horrid wilting. <laughs> That's what happens after syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think maybe we're done with spells. Um, I think so too. I think this spells the end of this. <laughs> oh gosh, you made a pun as well. I had to. Somebody had to. <laughs> um, oh. Penis. <laughs> Dong. <laughs> Oh, wait, what is this? A core spell called Weird. As phantasmal, as phantasmal killer, but affects all within 30 feet. Oh, yes. that's the Forbidden Planet spell. Okay, uh, yeah, it's um, basically a 30-foot AoE of <laughs> phantasmal killer. Jesus Christ. Monsters. Monsters from the id. 
Apparently, I have to really watch this film. You really do. Like, you really do. Oh, they have Finger of Death as well. <laughs> that's what That's what um, medieval whores have? God damn it, Faith. What? You brought it up. Because it's a decent spell, not because... I know. <laughs> Basically, you it's... Somebody, you flip somebody the bird and they die. Yeah, literally is. You point at someone, they have to pass a fortitude saving throw or die. If they don't die, they take 3d6 points, plus one point per cast level, which will be at least 14 for the War Mage, then plus your intelligence because you're a War Mage, and then you can empower it so that it's doing half again, which is nice. Oh, you could enlarge it too, couldn't you? Because of the range? You could, yes. Its range is pretty abysmal, though. That's the, the trade-off for it. Right. I mean, you, you got to make sure they can actually see you flipping them off. Oh, yeah. This is absolutely a spell that I would seriously consider liches having. What, Finger of Death? Yes. Oh, I just assume they have it. And if they don't, are they really liches? But the problem is it's it's a binary save or die, which, understandably, a lot of players don't enjoy so much. AD&D had a lot of instant death. 3rd edition rolled that back to a lot of save or dies. 5th edition has rolled that back again. And I don't think any of them are wrong. I just think it's a different style of play. So it's one of those kinds of spells where, as a DM, you need to know your audience. Yeah, and I personally think that a lich should be a terrifying encounter that you should really consider finding some sort of anti-instant death ring. Right. So what were we talking about originally? So warlocks? <laughs> War mages. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we just moved into random topics willy-nilly. Oh, yeah. Mostly because dick jokes. Anyway. So, yeah. We, sh we should probably wrap up. <laughs> uh, yeah, what is, what is your takeaway of the, the, the War Mage, if you remember him at all? I like the War Mage. Like, it strikes me as a fairly simple class to get into. There's nothing overly complicated about the War Mage. And for those people that like this kind of thing, it's a quick way to feel quite powerful if you allocate your stats correctly. I wouldn't even necessarily say min-max, but just like... I mean, you don't have to min-max, just... Yeah, you don't have to min-max. That's, that's the beauty of this class, is that it's simple, it's straightforward. You can get right into being boss really quickly and that's fun i like fun and i would i would definitely play a war mage yeah i think it's really good because it, it gives a certain level of protection to casters who just want to blast because if you're just going to take fireball and magic missile and just other damaging spells you may as well do it with a d6 hit die and some armor damn right also the fact that you don't have to pick spells ever yeah they're just there you know them because you're disciplined. Yeah, it really is just a very nice wee class, and it does do a lot of things, which is also pretty dope. Yeah, having a simple yet very versatile class, I would almost go so far as to call the War Mage the farter equivalent of the arcane classes, because it's simple, it's straightforward, but you can do a fuck ton of stuff with it. You can get really creative with it. No two war mages are going to be the same. They may have access to all of the same things at pretty much all of the same time, but 
no two war mages are going to be the same, just like no two fighters are going to be the same. Yeah, that said, I don't think we've actually found a class yet that has that issue, where they're saming. That's true. Yeah, I think we get a lot of our, well, I know I personally get a lot of my, man, this feels samey sentiment from my experience with 5th edition, but my experience with 5th edition was fairly limited. I have no opinion worth airing. I've played a couple of games. I've had had a pretty funky paladin in 5th edition. I've had a wizard as well, and I don't know. I just feel I have to do a lot more work to make them more interesting than I have to do in 3rd, but I don't know. So, I, I am not so. the authority on what fun is. <laughs> That's because everybody is their own authority on what fun is. It's so, true. I think with that, we should probably bring this to a close war mages war never changes but war mages do war war never mages <laughs> that is totally going to be the name of this session 100% <laughs> hang on can I do a better voice yes war no do we need to go up or down we need to go wider war war never mages <laughs> title drop Boom. at the end of the episode everybody what are you <laughs> implying that we never come up with a plan ahead of time I mean we come up I wouldn't call it are you a telling plan me that so I'll much wake as up the, at uh, in the morning and then ask what are we doing no um, how this works is we kind of plot the beginnings of a scheme that sometimes turns into a plan Ah. Sometimes. Well, that makes sense. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next time, dear listeners. Have fun. Keep adventuring. Heck yeah. Bye. Ciao. Special thanks to Tom from Tabletop Audio for our theme music and to Chris for our sweet art. And a very special thanks to you, dear listeners, for your continued support. Hit us up on Twitter at Grumpy Deck or jump into our Discord. We can always use more memes. We'll catch you next time.